Hi guys, Steve Robinson here, and I'm here with Morris McCracken, and this is the first episode of our new podcast, Things I Wish I'd Known. We've both been in ministry for about 10 years, and there are things that we know now that we didn't know then, and it would have been really helpful to, to know those things. So we're going to spend some time chatting and talking those things through, and hopefully this will be an encouragement for all of you listening. Let's get into it. After 10 years in ministry, as we look back, we think, okay, if I'd have known this about this area of ministry or this regarding pastoral situations, and it was a conversation that you and I had what, yeah. a few months ago, Yeah. you came and said, I think it'd be good to do this. Why, why yeah. do you think this would be good? Well, um, I came to talk to you about it yeah, you did, because yeah. uh, I saw you put on like Facebook or Twitter or something. Um, does anyone know of a really good church leadership, church planting podcast? that is, with no offence to anyone, that is not American, because a lot of the stuff that is theologically where we'd be is coming from America, isn't it? And it's really great quality stuff, but transferring it to our context is really hard. Mm. So I saw that you um, tweeted that or whatever, and nobody replied. No, I think there was one reply from a guy that I know in Northern Ireland, and I think he is doing some stuff at the moment, but again, I think even Even that context context can be different to where we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I was watching that thread with interest because I thought, oh, I really need that type of help too, and nothing appeared. Um, a really interesting thread. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, we give up watching that now. Um, so I came to talk to you and said, well, it's not like we're experts or anything, yeah. but we've been doing this a while. Maybe we've got something between us that could help other people. Yeah. So it's great. And I think, I think part of our conversation was, it's like, you know... I know your hope and prayer and my hope and prayer is that yeah. I want I wanna I wanna do this till Jesus tells me not to. Yeah. So, you know, and my hope is that's forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For the forty years. So I think both of us have I think it's about ten years both been in Yeah, a bit longer, yeah. A bit longer yeah. for yourself, isn't it? Pastoral ministry in terms mm. of full time eldership and full time yeah. leadership. And it's like ten years in, so it's like we've done the first lap. Yeah. And uh, so we know that there's lots to go before and things in 10 years time we'll be looking back going yeah. I don't need to have told yeah. my 40 year old self or like 30 year old yeah. self um, but but I, but I think 10 years in yeah. some things that I look back and I think wow it's only for the grace of God yeah. that that occurred or that didn't occur yeah. and, and in light of that um, and I what, think, we, yeah. what we I think what we want to do for this first first two podcasts is actually yeah. Share a little bit of our own stories to give a context, so yeah. people are jumping in and yeah. listening yeah. And, and seeing what 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 the uh, yeah. what we're talking about. And I think, like you said, I think that the important thing for, for for people to know is we're not experts. No. We're just ten years in. This could be helpful. It may not be helpful. Well, and I think when I was thirty, which is now ten years ago, uh, I feel like there's a lot of material out there which is very helpful. There's no disrespect. It's all been very helpful, but it's written by pastors who've been doing this forty years. Yeah. And there's so much to learn from them. Mm. I feel like when I was 30, what I could have done with someone who's slightly closer to me yeah. and really understood my situation. But there's not many of those people about. No. There's not many people 10 years ahead of us mm. really doing that. That's right. So hopefully we, through the medium of podcast, can do that for some people 10 years younger than us. Yeah, that's helpful. Well, let's let's go. Yeah, and, and you've drawn the short straw, so yeah, I'm going to speak to you. That's <laughs> fine. Speak to you so yeah. tell me then. Yeah. Ten years, or you know, let's yeah. think. Let's go. We're both forties. So let's go yeah. back when we were thirty. Yeah. For me, we were starting off. Yeah. For you, I think you've been involved yeah. for a few years before yeah. then. So okay, tell us 
what you wish you'd have known. Yeah. Strange answering this question, isn't it? Because yeah. I look back and think, I did know this in some sense. Would have been something I would have signed up to, but something I didn't really internalise. Mm. So I think I'd sat through a lot of talks on leadership that basically said things, probably everybody who's listening to this would sign up to, that character is more important than gifting, that your own personal holiness is much more important than your ability to mm. preach or lead. Uh, the way you treat your family and the way you are in those personal situations is more important than how you are publicly. Yeah. I definitely would have signed up to all of that. I think the thing I wish I'd known is that um, that inside personal life bit is really more important than the outside bit. And the thing I really wish I'd known or wish someone had said to me is, if you are a leader, it is your job to apply that to yourself and other people. Yeah. It is not okay as a leader to think, hmm, everything is not quite right on the inside here, but the results look good, so let's not rock the boat. Which is basically early ministry what I did. I thought, you know, there's things here that don't quite seem right, both in me and in other people, but the outcomes look good. Whose job is it to sort that out? Well, I don't think it's mine. Right. And I think the thing I wish I'd known is, as a leader, that is your job. If you're set aside to lead the church, it's your job to disciple people in their walk with the Lord, not to think, oh, well, the results are good. Just leave yeah. it, leave it running. Yeah. You mentioned, um, the, you know, whilst you, you were looking at the church and, yeah. and engaging with what was going on, you were thinking, things don't seem right. Yeah. Um, but the outcomes, what's being produced is, yeah. is, is, is great. Tell us, a, tell us then a little bit about what that looked like. What did, yeah. what did it look like, Christchurch? Yeah. The planting of, the moving yeah. forward. Tell us a bit of the story. Yeah. My so the story started, it was quite a small group of people, 10 or 11 people, who, for a couple of reasons, we were really, um, I just arrived in Liverpool at that time, so I sort of joined this existing group of people who basically looked at Liverpool's city centre at that time, and the city was undergoing a lot of regeneration. Mm. The city centre had really been pretty grim for a few years, but it was suddenly being built up. Loads of people were moving in. University was investing in getting people to live there. Uh, the other university was really growing. Um, and apart from two cathedrals, um, <laughs> I don't know how to comment about that, but apart from two cathedrals, there wasn't anybody um, really trying to reach this population with a clear Bible ministry. Yeah, and I can care with that growing up. Yeah. Definitely, that was yeah. the case. Um, and so I joined that little group. Basically, I think, partly because of the gifts of the people who were leading, that wasn't me at that stage, other people, partly because the, the market research was right, there was nothing like it. The church really exploded in its growth very quickly. So we started meeting in a primary school. I remember saying, it being said at our first meeting, we'll probably be here for five years. Within a year, we were having to look for a different venue. We'd outgrown that venue. We had to look for something else. Within about four years, we'd planted another church. Um, the people who were leading the church were all people who had quite a sort of platform and influence in the circles that we moved in. Um, and uh, then even beyond that, we began really thinking about some of the areas in Liverpool that are very socially deprived and church planting there yeah. and trying to push that boundary. All things that I do not want to criticise at all. There are great things. Mm. 
and um, lots of the people who led and did those things are great, really walking with the Lord, they're models to me to this day. But I would say, and this is only with hindsight, that all of the excitement made it very easy to cover up actually in my life and in the lives of other people that people were depending on, because I moved into leadership fairly quickly, it was possible to just cover up a shallowness of personal devotion to Jesus right, okay. with activity. I still remember, we've not, that was probably for about the first 10 years of the church and then the last maybe five or six years have much more troubled times. I think we're coming through, but they've been more difficult. I don't think that's uh, any news to anybody in the church. It's been trickier. I remember just before all of that started, someone in evangelical leadership who I really respect said to me at a conference, wow, Christchurch Liverpool is just a phenomenon, isn't it? And I think I should have heard that and thought, okay, our, our sort of, we shouldn't be believing our own publicity here. Instead, I heard that and thought, yeah, we are a phenomenon. You know, mm-hmm. that is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even this respectable Christian leader really thinks that of us. Whereas I think if you looked at the actual spirituality, I'm not sure, in honesty, it was very helpful. Okay. Uh, it was very deep. And I don't think, to be honest, it was very sort of warm-hearted towards Jesus. Mm. Um, yeah. And it was interesting, I worked for some of that time for a parachurch organisation that was very strong on that type of thing, very strong on the doctrines of grace, knew and walk with the Lord. And I even remember thinking, like, going to a work conference and then coming back to church and theologically exactly the same page, but thinking, this feels different. Mm. But not really, not thinking, well, it's my job as a leader to get to the bottom of that. Right. Rather thinking, oh, well, you know, church being planted, people are growing. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so tell us then, how did, so as you look back now and you think this inner life of a leader, yeah. um, on one sense what you're saying is, was being ignored. Yeah, was being ignored. How how did that affect things then in the yeah. in, in the life of the church? And yeah, I think basically that, um, yeah, maybe ignored is slightly too strong a word. I think all of us, all of us leaders, were young. I think so. We we would have heard this conversation we were having and probably said, "Yeah, I sign up to that." Um. So ignored, I think, is maybe slightly too strong a word. I think it's that it was basically fear. Right, okay. So I was not brave enough, and I think this was generally all of us. I hope I'm not uh, maligning any of my other leaders. I think they would agree with me. I was not brave enough to use the fact we had this strong, growing community to step into the lives of other people. Yeah. and say this doesn't look right and you can do that gently I think that's mm. I maybe I thought oh, the only way to do that is to go in and throw grenades and say why are you doing this you need to repent of that maybe that's what I got wrong I know I know you can do that gently you can step in especially to someone that you're ministering with who's a, another leader someone you're close to you should be able to not be scared to step in and say okay this doesn't quite look right to me can we talk about it? 
Um, and in the end, you know, some people ended up in quite bad places. I can't, you know, obviously really go into the detail of that. And I don't, you know, people have to take responsibility for their own actions, but in a sense, I don't blame them for that. I take my share of the responsibility because I think okay. I was the person close to you. Mm-hmm. The things that did turn out to be bad were actually clear in lots of the ways you were behaving. It was my job, it was my job, even though I was young, to to say, okay, this doesn't seem quite right to me. Let's talk about it. So we're talking about it if only I'd known. Um, there is that verse in there in 1 Timothy where Paul says, don't let people look down on you because you're young. Mm-hmm. I never really understood that until now, that I'm not young anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, to, but to, you know, that's exactly what, I didn't really take that verse seriously. I thought, well, I'm too young, too inexperienced, too green to talk to people about serious stuff that could be going on with them. And anyway, the results are all good, so, you know, let's keep going on. And I think that's the thing I wish I'd known. I wish, I wish someone had spelled out to me, it's in the Bible, so someone had said it to me, but someone had spelled out to me, you're a leader, you're not too young to intervene with the gospel in other people's lives and you certainly don't have an excuse for avoiding that just because things appear to be going well mm. it is your job to disciple other leaders if you're the leader yeah yeah mm. absolutely it's interesting as now as you were talking i'm reflecting on paul mm. as he writes to the church in philippi and, and obviously begins that letter with this real sense of joy for them yeah a love for them a care yeah. for them and then in chapter four he actually yeah. deals with a conflict doesn't yeah. he amongst two ladies who yeah. he clearly loves and yeah. holds in high esteem that there's something's gone on we don't know yeah. what's gone on but he's speaking into that situation yeah, yeah. you know um and encouraging others to to yeah. to, to step to, to tell them to that yeah you use the word fear do you think yeah. there was a fear of <clears throat> a fear of man mm. with with people that you did care for and you yeah. had a relationship with was any of it a fear of Okay, if we actually pull the plaster off some of this, what we're experiencing is going to blow up. Yeah, both, and definitely the second one I felt very strongly. So definitely the first one. Um, you know, no, no one likes to be the person saying things that other people will find hard. Mm. Um, and and I think I had a few experiences of sort of clocking this a little bit and trying and that getting shut down angrily quickly. Now that I'm older, I think, okay, if you try that and it's shut down angrily quickly, well, that's the reason to really push hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if someone's getting angry about something that is very not worth that, well, that's really what needs exploring. When I was younger, I thought, oh, well, I don't want to offend them. But I think it was definitely the second thing you said there. It's like, well... The wheels can't come, you know, someone important in evangelicalism has said this is a phenomenon. <laughs> you can't do things that might mean the wheels come off. Um, and part of that is a good, you know, you think, oh, well, it disgraced the gospel. I don't, I don't think the gospel is disgraced by people facing up to their sin <laughs> anymore. If anything, but, it yeah. amplifies it. Well, absolutely, it? and again, it's a thing you learn. Yeah. But partly it's bad stuff, isn't it? It's like I will we'll look like a failure and and I think the thing that I've seen through more difficult years is that it is upsetting for people people who bought into the system as it is if you then say okay you know 
the curtain has fallen. Uh, this mm. is really what's going on behind the scenes. So now we're going to do something different that is both very shocking for them and it's almost like relearning what it is to be a Christian because we've not done a very good job of teaching them that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. so tell me then, okay, so we're, we're 10 years on. Mm. Clearly, clearly, this is something that weighs heavy on you mm. in terms of obviously past and stuff like that. Yeah. But in, so what does it look like now then? Yeah. So what are the things that you've put in place? What are the things that you, what does the culture, I guess, look like mm. at, at Christchurch yeah. that, that addresses those things? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's the first thing. And I think also, okay, you've got somebody stepping into ministry mm. in their mid-20s, yeah. well, whatever age, stepping yeah. into ministry first time. And actually they have this element of, inverted commas, success yeah. in terms of, volume of people, people getting saved, yeah. all those sorts of things that actually find themselves in a situation where they are they are struggling, Yeah, they are weak, Yeah, um, and how do we combat this culture that I think is very much part of the British culture, and yeah. if I'm if I'm honest, within our constituency of, mm. of people, this sense that, that rather than embracing weakness, yeah. of which I think the Bible says, yeah. we live a life of repenting of it. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say repenting of it, not just in and of ourselves, like, Lord, I'm sorry that I am really bad in this area or yeah. I'm really, really weak. I will do more to do better and yeah. I won't reveal yeah. that to anyone else because that's going to blow it up. Yeah. So tell us, what have you done? Yeah. Um, what would you share with somebody? Yeah. Um, well, can I, I'll come to, I will come to your questions. It's interesting that thing you said about some measure of success. I think it's interesting, isn't it, that actually I look at our church and I look at the way the church is growing in the rest of the world and I think, what were we like thinking our church was a phenomenon? Yeah, um, yeah. In our culture, getting what looks like success is not... It's hard because it's hard work, but we tend to build, see something grow and think, wow, we're really great, that in, you know... Sub-Saharan Africa, they think, "What do you? What you're a church planter?" South Korea, and yeah, all of those places. So I think we're we easily believe our own publicity because the ground is so barren. You do anything that has any growth, and people start lauding you and telling you're great. And I just think we need a bit of perspective there. So that's one of the things yeah, I'd that's say. That's good. That's good. Um, you know, get some people from you know South Korean mega church to come and visit and tell you what they think, and that'll be <laughs> that'll be good for you. <laughs> um, if you're young and not if you're discouraged, but if you're like me, young and too blown up with your own success. In terms of what we've changed, well, let's talk practically first. Mm. Um, at, when we were going through a difficult time as a church, we got like someone who's a much older Christian leader to come and talk to us as elders. And he said something really wise, which is basically he said, is what happens in these elders meetings what you would be happy to be going on in a church small group or any group of Christians in the church getting together to plan gospel work mm. and the answer to that at that stage was definitely no so had had a small group in our church been like an elders meeting we would have said that's a totally dysfunctional small group not because we hated each other or anything but because we were about like getting the business done and you know getting on with it mm. and that's one structural thing we've changed so we've really tried to change the times that the elders meet to um 
uh, some sort of training and development so that we are actually growing in our own Christian lives and how to be an elder. Some more time caring for and praying for each other. Yeah. And a really significant emphasis that we are determined not to get pushed out of praying through the people in our care. Mm. So we pray for people in the church now together much more than we talk about them. Yeah. Um, and those are structural things and those have really helped. Um, that's basically because the principle is you can't expect this to filter through your church if the leaders aren't doing it. Again, I just think, how could I have been so blind to that? But there we go, live and you learn. Mm. I think um, really trying to... Um, so one of the things that I really realised we were doing in the past was preaching gospel of grace and Jesus' grace and saying that will transform you, but actually trying to transform people by making them feel left out if we didn't do what we want. So um, conformity as a means of sanctification. Mm. Uh, so basically, um, you've got something on, you think it would be great for people in the church to go to it. Um, instead of saying we will be offering Christ to you at this thing and that will be a joy to your heart and we'd love you to be involved in it. Instead saying, well, people in our church do this, so the expectation is that you do it. And I always find myself defaulting to that because I am a legalist at heart and that's what it is, that's just legalism by another name. Yeah. Um, and I really think trying to steer away from that as a way of calling people to things. Um, that's really hard when you're the main leader. Mm. I think when you're the main leader, you just sort of feel like, oh, come on, this is what we do. Why can't you do it? But actually, I don't want people to be doing things because they're the things we do. That's really unhealthy. Um, people need to be called to do things because it's honouring to Jesus and they love him and he's warmed their heart by the gospel. So I think that's changed. And I think just much more um, focus or just realism about my own walk with the Lord. Yeah. So not thinking, well, I can preach a good sermon, so it must be okay, which is basically where I was. Mm. Um, but rather, uh, carefully, you know, if I react badly in a situation, not saying, oh, well, I preach a sermon, so it must be okay. Rather saying, okay, I need to sit down and work out where that bad reaction's coming from. What is covering, what, where am I doing what you're saying, like trying to cover up a weakness I've got? Where am I actually just sinning? <coughs> where am I really worried about what people think? Where am I worried that the wheels will come off if we do the right thing? Carefully taking that before the Lord and actually working it out. Mm -hmm. I think again, in terms of Funi, I've known, all of these things start with you. I think uh, we talk a lot about church culture, you mentioned it there. Yeah. Church culture will be set by the people leading it. You can't set a church culture that's different from what you are doing yourself. Absolutely right, yeah. Um, and so a lot of that stuff that we're talking about there, there's some structural stuff, but really it's like be the Christian you want other people in your church to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, I, and, I, and I also think just, and I've experienced similar, similar situations in terms of personally... I've just not been honest and vulnerable with yeah. elders and other people within the church regarding yeah. difficulties and sin and and that 
that comes to bite you on the backside. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Lord yeah. is not going to allow his children to carry on in, in those ways. He's yeah. going to do whatever he can to sanctify us. That's yeah. what he promises. And yeah. those processes are painful and often we put ourselves into those areas of pain. And I yeah. just think that whole situation of going, actually the Lord has appointed appointed you with other men mm. affirmed by the church. Mm. These Having that sense of, okay, that should be the, one of the safest places. Yeah. That I can go. Yeah, I'm, yeah. We're struggling here. Actually, guys, what what is this? What, what, where are we going? Yeah. Reflecting all the time, evaluating all the time our own hearts and encouraging mm. each other and, mm. and and engaging in those sorts of things. Yeah, it's complicated, isn't it? it because is. and maybe we could talk about this in a future podcast. Yeah. You do need good structures because if you are the elders of the church, you do actually have to run the church as mm. well. Mm. You know. Our elders' times can't just be sort of love-ins where we all like yep. confess our sin to each other and pray about stuff and then go home. Please, Lord, no. You have to decide things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you have to work <laughs> out a budget and you have to work out who's going to be in which yeah. small group. Um, so it is, it's complicated, isn't it? It's complicated working that out. But I even think in terms of, again, this sort of I wish I'd known, that is just the truth. So put a structure in place that deals with that. Maybe yeah. that's something we could talk about in another that's podcast. Awesome. What structure helps you make sure the church is getting run, but the elders are also discipling each other? Yeah. Um, and that at every level of the church, so the small groups are actually running, but the small group leaders are also growing as Christians. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, again, I just didn't clock that. I thought if you set up a meeting and organise things, the discipleship stuff will just kind of happen. And maybe for very godly Christians it does. I don't know. I didn't want to read myself onto anyone else. But for us, because we were young and a bit ignorant, the running stuff became the ministry yeah. rather than the discipling people being the ministry or the spreading the gospel. Yeah, that's great. Morris, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here speaking to you face to face and can see that, you know, that this is not just an idea. This is something <laughs> that you've lived so yeah. and you know and, and this is not to indulge each other but I want to say this and I think it's good for other people to hear that actually there is that, that there's some wonderful it's wonderful what God has done in and through Christ Church and the mm. church plans and actually what you're describing of what I, I see now yeah. is, 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 is is there is a difference yeah. I think yeah, there is a difference and, and I think I know you know mm. and I want you to be encouraged by that that's encouraging mm. and uh, you know I sit here and I, I can a lot of what you share resonates mm-hmm. with me and there's a sense that um, why we're doing this podcast is if only we'd have known that yeah. 10 years Definitely. ago a lot of pain yeah. Yeah. May, have, may have been may have been very different mm. thanks no if problem you, yeah if you enjoyed this podcast folks please subscribe and um, let people know we just want to have a chat and encourage other folks who are in ministry mm. uh, for the glory of Jesus thanks for listening to our podcast things i wish i'd known and if you want to hear more of these episodes please subscribe on your podcast uh, platform and if you want to follow us and have any questions that you'd like us to discuss or speak to other pastors and leaders about follow us on twitter you'll find us under things i wish i'd known